Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. Hey guys, this is your People of Purpose podcast host, Tanner Badgley. Do you want to get a short email from me? Would you find value in receiving a very short email every other weekend that personalizes your path of purpose? The POP newsletter, because people of purpose, is a very short email where I share with you the most interesting things I've recently discovered, have been thinking about, or implementing into my life each week to more personally and purposefully pursue my purpose. It will include a short update on how my podcast is helping me grow into my purpose, a quote that's been on my mind from a purposeful resource such as a podcast, book, video, or mentor, as well as a nugget of advice from my experience on how to better align and optimize your life for your purpose. And finally, I'll try to share inspiration with you on how one of our listeners is benefiting from people of purpose. So please take a small step of action right now by sending a quick email to peopleofpurposepodcast at gmail.com. You don't even need to write a message. Just include in the subject header, People of Purpose Newsletter, and you'll receive the very next one. Here's to becoming People of Purpose. What am I supposed to be feeling? And someone told me that I go of all those things. When I learned to just let go, started to meditate. Mindset, intention, all whatever you want to call it, is to me it's be simple. Go inside, shut your minds off. Bruce Lee would say, don't think, feel. Want to use your 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 mind to fill your body. Like I said, life isn't happening to you, it's happening for you. You can actually change your brain by doing meditation, by just sitting and doing nothing and breathing. Chicago Cubs mental skills coordinator Darnell McDonald is a yoga and mindfulness coach to the Major League Baseball team. Darnell is a former MLB player for the Minnesota Twins, Cincinnati Reds, Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees, and the Chicago Cubs. His motto is, the sky is not the limit, the mind is. On April 20th, 2010, Darnell became the ninth player to hit a home run for the Red Sox in his first at-bat. In the same game, he became the first ever member of the Red Sox to collect a game-ending RBI in his debut with the club. Darnell announced his retirement from the Cubs' organization on April 6th, 2014, to spend time with his family, including his four children. Since retirement, McDonald has become a cornerstone of mental health and development amongst the Chicago Cubs roster, promoting his positive energy and an optimistic lifestyle with his phrase, in blue, out red. In 2017, McDonald completed his 200-hour yoga certification to unify his theories on mind, body, and soul. In 2017, McDonald was presented with a 2016 World Series championship ring due to his contributions to the direct success of the team on the field. I really enjoyed my interview with Darnell McDonald today. He's so thoughtful and full of wisdom and comes from this really unlikely path into mindfulness. He's 
kind of lived a lot of my dream in many ways, being a professional baseball player, hitting home runs in some of like the world's most famous stadiums. That was like my dream as an adolescent. And now he's like shifted into mindfulness and yoga and mental training. And I just really feel a kinship with him over that. The, the cadence in which he speaks and the presentness he has when he listens is just so palpable and connective. And he leads this really nice meditation when we finish that pretty transformative in just five minutes. You'll see that the way he leads a meditation really blends in with his, his philosophies and his beliefs about being kind to yourself, doing the simple things, but also like not ever giving up, stepping into opportunities to fail. He says a lot of really inspiring things that are definitely going to be guiding the way I live my week. I really hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And without further ado, here we are. Today's person of purpose is Darnell McDonald. Hello, Darnell. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So very happy to have you. I just like perused your website today and you're like a very impressive person in many ways. And I think so much of what impressed me is that I can relate so much to the, your interests. Um, baseball was my passion as like an adolescent and now meditation and yoga are, are my passions as an adult and how you've synthesized them has gotten me really curious to talk to you. I'm really grateful that you've come on to talk about it because I think there's a lot to learn from you. Well, I appreciate you having me and I'm looking forward to this conversation. I want to know, um, so you're the, the yoga instructor for the Chicago Cubs. Not many people get to say that. What's the most surprising thing you've been able to learn about the players on the team or the Cubs in general um, being their yoga instructor? So I do, so we actually have a couple of people. I do, I do some yoga with our guys. We have another lady that's really awesome. And we have other people that come in during spring training that are, are amazing too, that I learned from, you know, it taught me so much. They've been doing this for a long time. You know, really I take the, the yoga and try to customize it for each individual, you know, different, whether you're a pitcher or a position player, a catcher. But I think, the, you know, the main thing for all, um, I would say male athletes is uh, mobility. So a lot of a lot of things that I didn't work on as a player that I wish I would have, as far as ankle mobility, wrist mobility, and hip mobility. And I think those were, you know, the first the first things that I really saw were my weaknesses when I started doing yoga because everything hurt. Right. So that's you know I, I like to start with the basics. It's learning to press your feet into the ground, all four corners of your feet. Right. You know, accessing that power. Everything starts from the ground. To teach anyone yoga, I teach them everything from the ground up or the waist down. We're going to learn how to use our feet. We're going to learn how to press our feet into the ground. Um, become aware of pressing into your feet evenly. You know, everything starts with Tadasana, the mountain pose. So just learning how to stand uh, straight up stand straight and create length in the spine. Yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't matter, like I said, if you're hitting or you're throwing a ball, you're a pitcher, everything's starting from the ground. You think of standing tall, you're able to stand tall. And Tadasana, I think when you get into Tadasana, you feel, you feel strong. So you start out your yoga practice in Tadasana, feeling strong, learning to, um, you know, the body awareness, how you're, communicate, how you're communicating to your mind non-verbally. 
are going to be in that strong position. Body language is uh, huge, especially, you know, for all of us, but, uh, you know, athletes included, body language. Yeah, yeah, I see that you have good posture. I do the same every morning. Um, I got the, my tip from Tony Robbins. He, he stands there, he calls it priming. You just stand in like a really strong mountain pose and say things that you're going to feel today. Like, I'm going to be great today. I'm going to give my best. I'm going to handle failures. Like I'm going to radiate happiness. Like you just manifest these things and then your, your mental catches up to like the body language you present. I really like that. I mean, isn't, that's what's so amazing to me about all these parodies. Like they're so simple, but yet they're so effective and these things work, you know? And I think that is, that's a lot how I got attracted to these things of yoga is the, the simplicity, mm-hmm. uh, having a teacher that broke it down to me in a really simple form. And then even simpler to, okay, we're doing a breath practice. I remember uh, when I really, when I first started my practice, my teacher told me, pick one thing out each time you practice to focus on, just focus on one thing. And that's something that I take and carry on, you know, use with the, our players each day, just focus on one thing. Okay. And then you move on to the next thing. A lot of times it's just like setting your intention. If we don't set our intention, our minds train to think about everything. Mm-hmm. Same thing. We take that into our practice. We're focused on, we're trying to do everything perfect. We get frustrated. So if I told you, you know, I just want you to fo- focus on one thing, that sounds a lot easier than focusing on five or six things, right? Right. So really simplifying, making things simple as possible. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, thank you for saying that because it's a good reminder. Even though I do it every day, I still try to, even within the yoga practice, you can complicate it, put all these like outside expectations on what, what you're trying to get out of it. And you can start to judge your ability to go through the motions and how well you're doing that. And really it's just about, yeah, tapping into that simple like, essence of like that we all have. Letting go is like how you find all that power. You, you hit it, letting go. I think that that's always, that's a constant practice for me is letting go. And that's probably the biggest thing is the letting go. So you think about baseball where it's, it's a game of failure so much failure you can fail seven out of ten times and you're still considered a good player okay so how you deal with that failure being able to let go of that last at bat or that last pitch is really important right you know to to uh your success throughout the season um i think the hardest thing for all of us to do is to let go and so yoga is the practice that's helped me um, tap into that, that letting go, using my breath to let go, get into these uncomfortable positions. And what do you do? The mind starts wondering, stop breathing, the breath gets real short. And yeah, that constant reminder of, okay, let go, bring my awareness back to the breath, slow the breath down. And then we learn to use that breath to make these things more comfortable. You know, that was probably the best advice I got as far as meditation. When I first started meditation, and 
I had all these expectations. Am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? Am I, you know, what am I supposed to be feeling? And someone told me that let go of all those things. And when I learned to just let go, I started to meditate. Wow, that's beautiful. And then how how have people told you as a you're an influencer of their, their performance in the game? Is there any specific pieces of testimony that really resonated with you that some of the players gave you? You know, there there has been the biggest thing for me is just when I see guys take the breath and they step out and they take that breath, you know, whether that's from me or from, um, you know, we just had one of our, our consultants, Ken Revisa. I want to mention Ken Revisa, who just passed away uh, last week and uh, was really instrumental in, in my getting started in the, the mental side of the game. He was a, a pioneer uh, of mental skills. He was doing this stuff. He was kind of like Paramahansa Yogananda when he brought yoga over here, uh, you know, to the West. And people were looking at this guy like he's crazy, talking about these asanas, you know, and tapping into your body. Well, that's how the mental side of the game was for me. I played 17 years and I really, I didn't do any mental skills. And so, you know, he always talked about the breath. So that was the one thing that really stuck out to me. And I used to always go around and it almost became a joke. Like the guys go, yeah, I'm breathing. Yeah, I'm breathing. I'm breathing. Cause I always tell you, are you breathing? You gotta breathe. You gotta breathe. You gotta breathe. <laughs> so <laughs> now, you know, when I see guys take that breath, man, it's, it's, it's really awesome. Cause if I could change anything about my career and doing, um, anything different it wouldn't be anything physical it wouldn't be anything about you know taking more reps or anything like that it would be having an understanding that the, the mental side is the a skill that's what we call it, mental skills you can develop and get better at these things just like swinging a bat or throwing a baseball and um, using that breath to just be in the moment take a step back create space because I think about how many games I played in, whether it's the minor leagues or the big leagues, that I was thinking about something that was totally out of my control. And so those are, those are times I look back at those are waste, wasted, at, wasted at bats. And you think about how much better, because we do everything better when we're present. And so I would have spent more time practicing being in the present moment. Yeah. I was going to ask you later on, what's, what's some advice you would give to your younger self? Can you think of another piece besides that? That's a, I mean, that's really poignant to tell yourself to be present more. Probably the biggest advice I would give, give to my younger self would be to embrace failure. Embrace failure. When I came, I was a, a first-round pick when I, I signed out of high school. Uh, really didn't deal with any failure. Okay? So I was always the best. And I got into pro ball and started to fail. You go two for 20. I've gone two for 44. And, you know, there was a time I probably, I thought the world was ending. You know, there was times that I wanted to quit. But I myself embrace failure. These are opportunities to get better, to learn, get better. Um, you know, embrace the growth mindset. This is how you get better. 
And that's something that I, I learned towards the end of my career. I got sent down back and forth so many times. And I remember in 09, I got out with the Reds and I got sent down. And that was the first time I got sent down to the minor leagues and I wasn't mad. I was, you know, I really told myself I'm going to go down here and I'm going to work on these things to get better. And that's what I did. I worked on these things and I went back to the big leagues um, later on that year. And so I took a growth mindset approach before I even knew what the growth mindset was. And it worked for me. Still, the other times that I got sent down, I was pissed off blaming someone else. It's someone else's fault. This person don't like me. All these things that I had no control over. So that would be the biggest thing is to embrace failure. Failure is an opportunity to get better and to reset and reload and come back even stronger. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What do you think shifted in you to, to recognize that this time is the time for growth mindset? Was there a person that came in your life or an idea or philosophy that got introduced to you? How did you make that shift to being purposeful about how you viewed your experience as an athlete rather than just, I do this because I've always been really good at it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think I just got tired of doing, uh, you know, the opposite, making, making excuses, wasting time, wasting weeks, months, and bats. And by that time I had, you know, my oldest daughter. So it was just, it was more than just myself. You know, I really just had to look in the mirror and say, you know, what do you what do you want to do? There's time like I said before, there's times that I wanted to quit, man. There's times where I even had, you know, some of my closest friends say, Man, you've been at this for a long time. You know, you should probably start thinking about doing something else. And I really didn't I didn't have a plan B. I only had a plan A. So um, you know, within that plan A, these other things didn't work. So I'm gonna try something else. I'm going to go down here with a positive mindset. At that time, you know, I was older at that time. And, you know, you have younger players that look up to you. They look out. They're going to look at how you respond to these situations. And so, um, you know, I kept that. I was mindful about that. And so, you know, I came, I went down there with that approach. And then it, I started doing the mental skills when I retired. And that's when I got introduced to the growth mindset. And I was like, oh man, yeah, I did that one time. When I got sent down that time in 09, <laughs> I read the Carol Dweck mindset book and it's amazing. It's another thing that there's these simple things that we can do to just shift our mindset. And a lot of times that's all we need to do is shift our mindset. So yeah, you just mentioned briefly, you read that book. That's a huge book in the teaching field right now, like going through a master's program. Like that that author in that book gets referenced weekly, it feels like, um, because it's really powerful. Like that is how people learn best, how people grow best, how people find their sense of purpose. I'm a huge believer in that. How did you use that book to, did that book play a role in you becoming a mental skills coordinator? So yeah, I guess it probably did because our director, when we started our, our mental skills program, our director, John Sleefra, he, he had everyone read this book. And after reading it, that's probably the number one book that I recommend to everyone. You know, it should be mandatory for parents, coaches, teachers, 
across the board, this book right here. And it really changed how I approached, you know, even, you know, dealing with my kids and dealing with, when I say my kids, my real kids, because I consider our players my kids too, and my family, but, you know, in ways that we coach them, you know, coaching the effort, you know, not the results, just little things like that, really praising the effort, catching people winning. So you recognize people when they're doing well, they're winning. Okay, and so that feels good, right? You want to do more of that. And I really, I saw how my kids uh, responded to that. And it just, like I said, it's, it's, ama it's amazing. The book is, uh, like, that'd be the number one. We'd start with the mindset, that book. And if you want to get a little deeper, we can go to the Victor Frankl. Um, Man Search for Meaning. Man Search for Meaning. And that's a book that Ken Revisa recommended to me. And another just life changing book, you know, about mindset, the power of mindset. And uh, really shows how powerful, powerful our minds are. You know, the thing that all these things can happen around us, but we have control over our mind. We don't do anything to our mind. So that's just really, that's, it's beautiful to me. Yeah, nice. Yeah, cool. I read that book in high school and I, yeah, it was really impactful on I me. Mean, my, my teacher, I consider him to still be my greatest mentor teacher from my whole K through 12. And I think a big part is we read that book in a small group for two months and you have some deep conversations. Like, I don't know, that author, Viktor Frankl, was in a, like a Holocaust concentration camp and he had to find his sense of meaning in that and gratitude. And yeah, if he can find that, like us in like free citizens in the real world, like we should be able to find ours. Empowering. Yeah, and that's very empowering, knowing that, man, I have control over this. I have a choice of how I want to look at these things. And Richard Frankel said his intention before he went there, this is what I'm going to do. And he did it. And under some of the most extreme circumstances um, anyone could go through. Right. It definitely uh, inspired me. I always think about that. Uh, you know, when I'm going through tough times. So you mentioned that Ken Revisda, um, who I'm sorry for your loss recently. Um, he sounds like a good mentor for you. Probably influenced a lot of people really positively as, as you were influenced by him. How have you been a, a Ken Revisda to someone in your life, someone that's younger than you that sees you as a role model? I think the, the biggest thing that I, I really, I took from uh, Ken, is and you could he has a couple books out also heads up baseball 2.0 and 2.5 if you read his books they're all written very simple simple techniques and a lot of this stuff like i said when i played all of baseball i really didn't get into any sports psychology anything anything like that because I think it's, I felt it was too like complex. I'm a baseball player. I don't want, I'm trying to learn this. I don't want to learn this other stuff as well. And so when I, I read his books, like, man, this is, I love how it's written. So I, I take that into the way I teach yoga, meditation, whatever it is, is I want to be able to teach it to 
a four-year-old or a 50-year-old in the same way. Wow. I, I, I want to, you know, the mental side and sports psychology and mindset and tension, all, whatever you want to call it, to me, it should be simple. And when I say simple, you got to breathe. You set your intention. A lot of times we think we need to fix our swing. We need to fix our mechanics. We need to fix this, that. So many things, especially in baseball, that you, you know, you experience so, so much adversity. The first thing we want to do is switch, you know, look at our mechanics. And something like I said before, sometimes all we got to do is shift our mindset and we those you know some of those 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 words that they talk about in the um that mindset book you know learning to replace the have to i need to do this i should have done that um you know when you're out there when you're in the batter's box or you're on you're on the mound and there's forty thousand fans out there screaming you know being aware of telling yourself what you want to do instead of what you don't want to do. It goes back to, for me, that simplicity. You know, I'm not going to come to, oh, you need to change your mechanics. You need to get gain five miles an hour on your fastball. Those are those things, those things sound tougher to do. How about we just we take a breath and we tell ourselves what we want to do. So how do you how do you get out of that whirlwind? Like oftentimes we're just caught in this never-ending storm of like I, I need to get five man hours on my fastball. I need to up my batting average, like twenty points. How how do you even gain the ability to step out of the, the storm and and read a book and sh- practice something simple when you have so much on your plate, so many to do, so many expectations? What's your advice for like stepping out of that storm? So that means it's. That's more the reason that you need to do these things. If you don't have time to do you know, so many things going, so that's more the reason why you got to take the time to sit and do nothing. How about sit and be still? And that's probably the first way that I would teach someone to meditate is just sit for, you can start with two minutes. Two minutes, sit and just challenge yourself not to move. Because if you're still, your mind's going to become still. All right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you know, doing that. And if you're if you're thinking that way, you're probably you're you're out of the moment, you're out of the process. And we, we when we're focused on the outcomes and results, that's all stress and anxiety. Okay. So that means we just got out of our 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 process. We lost focus. And focus is probably that's probably that's probably the number one thing of just accomplishing anything we want to do is focus. And a lot of time, you know, for whatever reasons, you know, in life, in baseball, whatever it is, we have all these things externally going on to where we lose focus. So I'll just you know I encourage people to go inside, shut their minds off. And Bruce Lee would say. Don't think, feel. I want you to use your, your, your mind to feel your body. So you can do that for two minutes, three minutes. But I guarantee you're going to feel better after you do it. And when you feel better, what we do, we come back and we want more. We're feeling better. And then it comes down to 
creating, being consistent and being disciplined to do what we know makes us feel good and what, you know, makes us feel better. Practicing being in the moment. Because when we're in the zone, when we're doing everything well, when we're playing our best, these are the things that we're doing um, automatically. And how does that contribute to feeling a sense of purpose in what you're doing? It seems like you can be high performing and still not have that purpose grounding your experience. Like, what's that distinction for you? Yeah, you can. And um, I think when we're able to be let go of those expectations, you know, high performance, whatever, we're able to let go and be ourselves come from an authentic place. And so we don't do these practices to be relaxed all the time. So you don't do these practices to, you're not gonna be in a Zen state all the time. Everything's not gonna be perfect. Um, you know, you're gonna go through tough times all the time, but you're, you're gonna be able to come back, refocus faster. Okay, so. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get out of whack, man. A lot of bad, you know, bad things are gonna happen. But this is this is a resource for us to come back. And so, back to the the, the high performers. Okay, so it's just like you know, if our our sole purpose is say money, you know, like myself, when I signed when I signed to play baseball. I didn't come from a lot of money. So when I got offered a lot of money, I signed to play baseball and then you get this money, then it's like, okay, now what? Probably got some sort of complacency. And then things, life started happening. My mom passed away, you know, all these things started happening on my, on my course rise to get into the major leagues. This is before I even got to the major leagues. And so, you know, there, the times that I wanted to quit, I always thought about my mom that I told I was gonna play, told her I was gonna play in the big leagues. And that's one of the things that kept me going. And when we talk about purpose, when we're able to do things for more than ourselves, when we're able to do things for others, um, and what other, what other people relate to, they relate to real life stuff. Like, man, I lost my mom, I lost my cousin the other day, um, I'm old for 24, um, you know, whatever it is, they're able to relate, to relate to that. And when you're able to bring people together through that authenticity, great things happen. And that's one of the, that's one of the biggest things that, that I've learned, even, you know, on this journey of, you know, doing the mental skills and, and playing and all, you know, I always, I always told myself, I didn't know I was going to do mental skills. I, if she would have told me I'd be doing mental skills when I was playing, I would thought there'd be no chance. One thing that makes me um, feel good is that all those, all that adversity and the stuff that I went through didn't go in vain because hopefully I can help somebody else navigate their way through those things or some of the similar things that um, I've gone through. Okay. Yeah. So where we find that purpose is by being authentic and by serving other people. Wow. I love it. I, 
And so when you're playing, if you're on a team or on a team and you're playing for the guy next to you, you're playing, um, you know, for the team, that's when great things happen. Same thing if you're CEO and you are leading from a, uh, a place of service, great things happen. You bring out the best in people and that brings out the best in you too. And so it's kind of, I don't know who quote it was, but they talked about you lift others, you lift yourself by lifting others. Wow. And so that's where, I'm, that's where my passion comes from is um, focusing on lifting, lifting other people up. Yeah. Wow. You're, those are beautiful quotes. They're also really simple. They fit with your philosophy, but really, really powerful. Like a lot of emotion behind that, those statements. Thank you for sharing so much of that. I'm really sorry you lost your mom at such a young age. Um, I think she would be proud at who you've become. Well, I, I appreciate that. And um, these are all like, once we learn that life is happening for us, it's not happening to us, it's happening for us. And so we go about the same thing. You know? We got to embrace those tough times. I got a tattoo on me. Tough times don't last, tough people do. I, I was reading uh, Walter Payton. I was a big Walter Payton fan. So when he passed away, it, man, it broke my heart. I read his book, Never Die Easy, and that was the thing that stuck out to me. Tough times don't last, tough people do. And so embrace failure, embrace adversity, embrace these things. That's how you get better. Yeah, you learn more from failure than you do from success. And so when you, you that's the mental skills that's the mental toughness whatever you want to call it you know going through this stuff mm -hmm. so do you recommend people put themselves in situations where they're likely to fail or how do you how do you become more open to to, to yeah. becoming a failure yes that seems counterintuitive that's, <laughs> that's what yoga does right you're never going to be the best yogi okay there's no destination you just keep going and it's non-stop and so that's yoga is my competition with myself um yeah you got to put yourself in uncomfortable situations you gotta you know people say oh you can't do this you can't man you need to you've been playing this game too long like you got you need to do something else oh so the same people that when i was playing in fenway park or yankee stadium those same people could call hey man you know, can I get tickets to the game? You know, well, if I would have listened to you, I wouldn't even be here right now. I was supposed to quit a long time ago. So, yeah, absolutely. You got to put yourself in positions to fail and not be afraid to fail. No fear and just do it. Those are two, two of the best slogans all time. And it goes back to the simplicity. No fear. No fear. When we're able to let go of fear, we have freedom, right? So when we're free, we're able to do, we're able to work from a better, a better space, create better things, you know, um, and then, you know, just do it. And you think anybody can learn these things too. It seems like you were, you're willing and wanting to work with any type of person. Your website is all about, we accept, from the yoga mat to the football field to the boardroom, we fear no terrain. I wrote down that quote. I love it. Like, it. expand on that. You just you don't feel like there's any specialty group for this or, or something that you could speak to best. You just think it's it's a completely digestible um, set of philosophy that anybody yeah. can adopt. 
it doesn't matter. It's all the same stuff, uh, whether you're a CEO or whether you're a, a baseball player, basketball, football. Um, it's about going inside, internal, you know, letting go of the external things, letting go of the expectations. Um, you know, that's for everybody. Once we're able to let go of how we think things are supposed to be and just be, doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be bad. Just be right now in the moment. You don't just think anyone can do that. My kid, I just think we were talking about before. I was telling you, my kids teach me yoga and meditation. Cross your legs, put your hands in your lap, watch your breath. And I say, if my if five-year-old can teach me this, then, you know, anyone can learn this stuff. And how is he able to teach you these things? She said, just like, just like that, they say. Okay, we're gonna sit down, we're gonna cross our legs, we're gonna rest our hands on our on our lap, on our knees, and we're gonna take a slow, deep breath, and we're gonna watch our breath. Wow. So that's where, again, that simplicity, I'm like, this is how I need to teach this stuff. This is it. Like, just start by doing this, getting in, getting into a comfortable position. Yeah. So I like to say a comfortable focused position because we're also practicing how we're, we're speaking to ourselves non-verbally you know our body language and that's probably a, a big thing for me is yeah you can do these things laying down but kind of kill two birds with one stone okay we're gonna we're practicing watching our breath and we're practicing being in a focused focused alert position Okay, awareness. So all kind of awareness. I don't want you to check out. I want you to check in. Check in to your body. And then you're going to find you're going to lose focus somewhere. You're going to lose your breath. You're going to lose your position. And then you just come, you just refocus. And you just keep doing it. You keep doing it. You know what happens when you keep doing something? When you practice, you get better. And it's that simple. Yeah. You're ready for the 10-day meditation that we were speaking about earlier. That, that's what it is over and over and over and over again. Coming practice. Back to practice, man. And you practice and you learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. That's what meditation is. Silence is uncomfortable. I went on a hike not too long ago, four-day camping trip hike. And um, you, know, you start, start off and really in silence. And silence can be uncomfortable. You gotta learn to be comfortable in silence. You know, I think at first your mind is wondering a lot. And then something about Mother Nature that makes you tap in and be present. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. You don't want to sit and do a meditation for 20 minutes. You can go just go outside. I encourage you to go outside and go for a walk or go for a hike. No headphones. You don't need any headphones. Just go on a hike. Yeah. Listen to the podcast afterwards. <laughs> Enjoy the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Be there. Right. Be there where you're at. Another Ken revisit quote, be where your feet are. I like to tell people when even my meditation, we're going to start by getting centered and bring our, our mind to where our feet are. And that's the challenge for us, whether we're in the batter's box or um, we're giving a, a presentation, whatever it is, can our mind be right here where our feet are? How do you make decisions? Sometimes my feet are moving 
both directions and I feel really pulled and I don't know if my life would be better choosing this or choosing this and you can't just stay. How do you like make an active decision with that philosophy? <laughs> um, what guides your decision-making process? Hopefully intuition. So when we do these practices, um, we gain intuition to where we can really listen to our heart. You know, I don't, may sound cliche, you know, you got to listen to your heart. But if you have done these practices and if you've done yoga, you know, everything, it's about a heart opening. I do all these heart openers. I can't understand them. I understand more now. It's about opening our heart. And when we do this, we have our intuition um, speak to us more clearly. Um, when we're, like I said, we're again, when we're able to let go of the external things, this person saying, oh, man, you should do this or you're supposed to do this. Go inside and figure out what you want to do. And I'm not, that's, none of these things are, are easy to do. Trust me, like it. It's tough for me to make decisions too. I'm a really indecisive person, but I'm not. I'm not afraid of making a bad decision. I put it that way. Right. I've already made. I've already made a lot of them, and both of you learn from them and get better. You just come back. You just go back into the lab and figure out another way. Yeah. I failed ten thousand times. Found ten thousand ways that it didn't work. You just keep coming back. Like Edison, comes Edison, okay? Until it does work. Another number one thing, never give up. That's all it is, never give up. Train yourself never to give up. No matter what you're doing, running, whatever, working out, just don't give up. Finish, finish, okay? And you gotta train yourself to do these things. You're gonna be doing something you don't wanna do and your, your mind's gonna be the first thing to say, man, you need to give up. Hard. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta battle that. That's, Body's got much more to go. You gotta yeah. change the mindset. So, you think about mental skills, you think about mental toughness, you think, oh, you gotta be tough. No, I gotta be tough. I'm gonna lift a lot of weight. No, mental tough mental toughness, skills doing things that you don't want to do. Okay? Get up in the morning, take a cold shower. No one wants to take a cold shower. I guarantee you'll have a great day, and it's a great way to start your day. If you know anyone who has inspired and impacted you at a deep level, please, please, please reach out to me. Send me a direct message on our Instagram page at People of Purpose. A huge reason I started this podcast was to meet new and inspiring teachers whose stories I could share and purposefully impact the world in my small way. As I've made my way around the world, what stands out the most are the conversations I've had with the people I meet who are practicing purpose every day. While I strive for contentment, I cannot get enough time with purposeful people having intentionally deep conversations. It's through these relationships that opportunities are born, people come together, and purpose is multiplied. DM me on Instagram at People of Purpose or email the podcast at peopleofpurposepodcast at gmail.com to help us out. Here's to you becoming People of Purpose. What are some of your practices that may seem unusual to others, but really focus you and give you that sense of purpose for your day such little things man making my bed make just getting up getting up is probably number one getting up at times where i don't want to get up really early especially and once you have kids like it's it's kind of like you that's just natural but 
everyone getting up early. It's something I'm practicing now, 5.30, 6 o'clock, not pressing the snooze button. You know, there's are things that's a challenging for me. So that's part of my practice, taking a cold shower. Again, I don't wake up first thing, cold shower is not. Oh, that's back to back, like, oh, I don't want that. <laughs> wake up early and have a cold shower, yeah. Right, so, uh, you know, doing that. Then you get into other things like me for like, like running. I'm not, I don't like running. Anytime you see me running, like, it's just a, really a test for me. You know, things like hiking, those are all, those are all like mental skills, practices, yoga, mental skill practice. Like so your point is go towards those things that make you uncomfortable, that you're not necessarily a master at, that um, put you in the zone of failure so that you can develop some sort of self-discovery and then change your mindset to be growth oriented. And then that spills over to everything else. All right. Yeah. When you learn to finish, you learn to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. And you want to fail as much as possible. Yeah. Fail. Failure is good. Only time failure is bad is if you give up. So if you don't give up, failure is awesome. So I said we, the faster and younger that we can embrace that failure, mm -hmm. the better. You do yourself a favor. Start embracing this stuff at five years old. Yeah. So what about with money? Money seems like one thing that if you fail at it, you become really dependent on other people and the quality of your life has to suffer in several ways. How do you, how do you frame your, this sort of thinking around money? Um, I think a lot of people, it seems my age, are, are in this place where they can choose a job that makes money but kind of is soul-crushing or they can go towards soul-rewarding jobs like maybe being a teacher but don't make a lot of money. How do you frame purpose and money together? You might be asking the wrong person, but I know I've had a lot of money and I've had no money. And I'm still here talking with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm still here. And like, like I said, life isn't happening to you. It's happening for you. The number one, th the, probably the biggest thing that I've learned as I get older is if you find something that you're passionate about, the money will take care of itself. And I, always, I think about this um kid i met at the farmer's market was selling plants selling plants at the farmer's market for like five bucks um then i seem like two three years later he owns two plant boutiques selling plants for more than five bucks yeah but, <laughs> so it all came from this guy just loved plants. So I'm going to take these plants to the farmer market and sell these plants. Well, now he has two boutiques selling plants. And that really was it. Like, man, like, yeah, man, that's it, man. Just find something you love doing. And it's not going to be, you're not going to feel like you're working. And um, you're going to be really good about it because you're going to be passionate about doing it. When you're passionate about doing something, you're really good. And when you're really good about doing something, when you're really good at it, the monetary stuff comes. Yeah. And so 
you know, it's, yeah, I get frustrated by all those things also. But then I got to tell myself, man, I've, I've been good both ways. I've had a lot of money and been really unhappy, you know. So um, it's a challenge to create something else. And, you know, I get it. You know, you got family, you got to take care of your families and you got to do all, you know, I can't do what I, I want to do. I got to do something. I got to do this to take care of my family. But whatever it is, do it really well. You don't like doing it until you can do what you want to do. Yeah. Another coach used to tell me, coach used to tell me, you got to do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do. And again, that's part of the, these are all, you can practice mental skills, mental toughness every day, whatever, you know, doing, there's not just one way to do this. And that's part of, that's practice right there, just learning to do. You know, things that you don't want to do, do it well. My mom used to tell us, man, just no matter what you're doing, you're going to try, for, try to be the best at what it is. You're vacuuming the floor. Um, you know, try to be the best. That's mm-hmm. something that, you know, that's one thing that, that also uh, stuck with me. You know, there was times in the minor leagues, you're not making a lot of money. Spent a lot of time going on a lot of bus rides, man. It's really, I say there's times, I mean, there's a, a, plenty of times where I've thought about giving up. And um, and then I think about, you know, the opportunity I had playing at Fenway Park and Yankee Stadium and all these amazing places that I would have never played and if I would have given up. And you know what I think about too the most is those bus rides and all that other stuff that I didn't like to do. Those are the things that stick out to me most than you know what hitting a home run at Fenway Park or Yankee Stadium. So I say you gotta we learn to embrace these the journey. Everyone's journey is different. Embrace failure. Believe it or not, man, these are the things that are going to make us who we are and make us um, stronger and better. Wow. Yeah, I love that. I'm, I'm going to give that advice to everybody. Tell a lot. Tell them. So you have called your business Sat Yaya. Could you tell us what, what that is and why you've chosen that? So Sat Yaya came from my teacher training. I was sitting in teacher training um, one afternoon. Teacher says, teacher John Salisbury at Modern Yoga. I took my training. So it's one of the words. Don't you remember this word? It's satyaya. Repeat after me. Satyaya. A bunch of satyaya, satyaya. You know, all these words are Sanskrit, as you know. It it can get really tough. But the thing that really stuck out to me was the yaya. Got ready to start this this brand, and started learning more about satyaya, what it meant. It's self-study, studying studying the self, going inside. They see meditation and yoga, all these things, going internal. We came up with, well, we're going to satyaya sports and hopefully, you know, find more avenues of, of ways that sports are prepared for and how you train and um, how you restore, how you decompress and how you play in game, you know, and, and playing with um, 
awareness and presence. That's not yeah, yeah. So that's kind of that's how we, that's how we came up with that. And when it, so we started, we were doing the, our, our mental skills program. Um, part of our mental skills program was the mindfulness, teaching the the um, you know meditation, yoga, those things, and so sayaya sport. Cool, I love it. So you've been studying yourself a lot, and you've been learning a lot about yourself. How do you think that you're going to be developing now that you're in the retirement phase of what you've dedicated so much of your life to? How do you see yourself evolving over the next decade? Really, um, you know, being more compassionate. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's fatherhood does that. I think automatically for you when you have daughters that I've, I've found it, that helps with that also, but leading leading from you know more with more compassion empathy more uh service orientated you know really my focus is really service you know i want to help people fulfill their dreams you know i want to give back to the community i want to take these i want to take this satyaya sport i want to take this to places that it wouldn't normally be you know it's inner cities across the world, wherever that may be, where people can understand not only the simplicity, but it doesn't take a lot of money to do these practices. Mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't have to go to a yoga studio and pay $20. You don't have to, you know, these are things that you can do anywhere. If you have a space, you don't even need a yoga mat to do right. these practices. And these are practices that can change your life meditation I don't want to tell you I don't want you to do meditation because I like doing it I want you to do it because number one this is science we're talking about science and um, you can actually change your brain by doing meditation by just sitting and doing nothing and breathing you can change your brain and when someone told me that that was the most amazing thing ever you could change your brain like what like, <laughs> my old my old self i can still change my brain yeah by sitting and breathing and so that's um that's what i'm passionate about i know um you know that's one thing that these practices have really done for me it's the union talk about yoga i mean you know it's union and bringing everyone together and it's about one and it's, um you know and sharing these practices um with as many people as possible whether you're a school teacher whether you are a baseball player or whatever these are all practices that can um positively affect our lives would you like to to share it with us on the podcast um, finish off the episode with a guided meditation or do you have anything else you'd like to add before doing so yeah so let's do let's do a guided med uh, meditation um i think you know i appreciate you having me on um and i love what you're doing it's really awesome what you're doing and uh the awareness that you are are bringing to different all you know all over the world so you know, I want to thank you for that. And, you know, it's inspiring.
what you're doing. So keep up the good work. And we'll can close with uh, the meditation. Thank you. Here you find a comfortable seat. Straight spine. You can close your eyes. If you don't want to close your eyes, keep your eyes open. Take your, your gaze down your nose. You can find you know one point on the ground or something. One thing to, to focus on. I want you to imagine that your, your mind is a flashlight. You take your mind to your feet. Feel all four corners of your feet touching the ground. Bring your awareness to your glutes. Take your mind to your glutes, feel your glutes touching your seat. So you're sitting, knowing that you're sitting. Take your mind to your back, feel your back against your seat. Spine tall. Chin parallel to the ground, crown of your head reaching to the ceiling. Allow your eyes to soften, allow your jaw to soften. Now I want you to take your mind to your, your nose. Begin to feel the breath go in your nose. Feel the breath go out of your nose on the exhale. See how comfortable you can make the breath. You're breathing with ease, slow, deep breathing. Your inhale, I want you to imagine that you're inhaling calm, peaceful, blue energy. On your exhale, you're exhaling red, stress, tension, anxiety out of your body. Each exhale, the body begins to become more light Begin to let go. Feel like your mind is still wondering. You can count the breaths. So at the top of your inhale, count to yourself one. At the bottom of your exhale, you can count two. Just begin to follow the breath up and down. Imagine the breath is like a wave in the ocean, rising and falling. As your mind becomes distracted, as the mind wanders off, you catch your mind wandering gently, reorientate your focus back to the breath. Each time that you come back to the breath, that's one rep that your mind got stronger. So we miss so many breaths throughout our day. You can be here for this breath right now as you inhale, as you exhale. You take a moment to set an intention for the rest of your day. When you're ready, to breathe that intention into your body three times, slow as you can. You begin to bring the awareness back to your body, wiggling your toes, slowly wiggling your fingers. Mindfully move your head side to side. When you're ready, I want you to slowly blink your eyes open as you breathe. So I thank you for letting me guide you on this meditation and be your guide. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you so much. So I'm not even, I'm not sure, you know, the time on that, but you know, 
we talked about, you know, maybe we don't have time to do this. We have a lot of things going on in our life. Well, take two, three minutes, four minutes to just breathe, observe our breath, witness the breath. And I said, it sounds so simple, but there's so many awesome benefits. And, you know, I encourage any and everyone to do that. Take two minutes for yourself. Thank you so much. Yeah, I feel so different now. I feel really calm and peaceful. And I noticed some really creative thoughts come in my head. Um, I wasn't, I was less like a computer, less like I need to finish A so I can go to B so I can go to C. Now it's just like, oh, my heart's speaking now. It's amazing. <laughs> You're here. Yeah. You're here. That was really good. Thank you. You're welcome. So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question or something you want help working through? Do you need support in doing what it's going to take to live your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our wonderful guests. Do you have any friends that might enjoy this episode or the podcast? Bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. If you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as the purposeful people and communities I'm a part of around the world, Follow the podcasting journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast. You can connect with our purpose-seeking community on Facebook at People of Purpose by liking and following our page. Know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose opportunities, and receive regular tidbits of inspiration and media I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me, to nourish your personal path of purpose. For the ultimate engagement, Join our intentional group, Purpose Seekers, from the Facebook page. Join in longer-form discussions, link up with accountability partners, and share in opportunities and challenges to better know and grow in your purpose. Send me a direct message on either Facebook or Instagram if you want to talk privately and receive personalized guidance on how to raise your sails and write your ship. Come forth with your biggest dreams and aspirations, and I will do my best to connect you with the necessary resources and mentors from my network to start your trek along your personal path of purpose. Cheers, and here's to becoming... People of Purpose is launching its very first ever course, Path to Purpose. Path to Purpose is a new course I'm launching born from the powerful People of Purpose podcast. It draws on a lot of the concepts and messages of the podcast, but it is the very first course and one-on-one coaching program built by me, your podcast host, Tanner Badgley. I've built this course to create strategies, practices, and actions that allow you to trailblaze yourself down your most authentic path of purpose. It's called Path to Purpose. Over our three months together, each member of the program will learn everything they need to successfully carve out their own path to purpose. Our purpose-seeking students will learn about nine different areas of their lives that they can better understand, practice, and master to open up their path to purpose. This individualized course will conclude with a self-designed three-week final project that propels you down your own, very own, dreamlined path to purpose. I, Tanner Badgley, be with you all the way, hosting weekly one-on-one phone conferences, facilitating all course content, and being available for any question you may have along the way. 
Everyone taking the course will be walking their own journey, but you won't feel alone in the process. You'll have a team to support your growth. It took a 50-foot fall down the mountain at Yosemite National Park to reach rock bottom and another concussion, breakup, and death in the family and purposeless job to find myself back there. I know the pains of living a life without direction, without guidance, vision, or support. I know how hard it is to decipher what works and what is just gimmicky marketing set up for someone else's success in your pain. I believe the world needs more purposeful people more than ever. It is waiting and ready for you to come alive. That's why I've designed a holistic course that will move you from pain into passion and purpose. This course incorporates my learnings from hosting 40 plus podcast interviews with some of the most purposeful people you'll meet. Insights from my 10 day silent meditation course in Thailand, takeaways from my month long yoga teacher training in India, and the multi-year ongoing rehab from life-changing brain injuries. This course is a product of my intense mission to find purpose as I move to Thailand all by myself to teach English and blog about the learnings of my life. Now that I am living from a place of my truest identity and purpose, it's time to teach and guide others into theirs. Today, I have so many powerful habits, routines, and mindsets that I draw from every day, and it's time to use them to create a more joyful, loving, kind, happy, peaceful, and purposeful world. Welcome to our first ever course of Path to Purpose. If you or a loved one is interested in joining our next cohort, send me a direct message at People of Purpose or an email to peopleofpurposepodcast at gmail.com. Spots are limited, and it's first come, first serve. When I was stuck in the dark room for a month on work leave from suffering my fourth concussion in the middle of a cold Minnesota winter and in denial of a breakup that was never coming back, I didn't know for sure if I'd ever get back my joy, meaning, and satisfaction with life. It took intentional work, undying belief, and the right people and opportunities to come into my life. I was able to get my best self back, and you can too. I believe we each have a responsibility to find our purpose. The world needs you to come alive for the sake of each other and for the sake of our planet. I know that together through purpose, we can wake up that core part of us that remains dormant, untapped, unutilized, and underappreciated. Path to Purpose will water this little seed at the seed of your soul, and over time it will grow and blossom into a forest of purpose. Make sure you give yourself the best gift you could ever give or receive. Sign up for our next Path to Purpose course and give yourself a sense of meaning and purpose for the rest of your life. Here's to becoming people of purpose.